it's funny when we become parents, it really helps us. I think sometimes on this journey too, because we start to notice those things and say, think like this sweet angel <laughs> that I love so much. I don't want them to worry about, you know, expressing themselves in a way that because someone else might judge that, but how often do we do it to ourselves? Right. And, and that is what they're learning, not just from us. So it's not like I'm saying, take all the blame, but that is part of what happens when we show up that way. And we don't even see it in ourselves, but we can see it in our children. And when we see it in them, we have nothing but compassion and empathy to think, oh, I don't want the world to do this to you. But then we don't ever think like, oh, the world did it to me. You're listening to Product Powerhouse, a podcast to inspire and empower you while you build a powerful product-based business that fuels your passion and feeds your family. I'm your host, Erin Alexander. I run an e-commerce web design agency that helps shop owners build, grow, and scale. This podcast is all about actionable strategies specifically for your product-based business. So friend, grab a nice coffee and let's chat because DIYing your business doesn't mean you have to do it alone. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Product Powerhouse Podcast. Today I have a really fun guest. This is someone I have known in the online space for years. In fact, during this episode, she shares something I posted in her her community after doing her challenge in 2018. And it was really fascinating to see how much I've changed and grown over the last four years. Holy cow, four years. It's been a long time. Today's guest is Becky Mullenkamp. Becky Mullenkamp is a feminist life coach who helps people unlearn patriarchal conditioning so they can live life on their own damn terms. And in this episode, she's telling us about her gutsy ask challenge, which is the challenge I participated in in 2018. I'm definitely participating in the challenge again this year. We have the links in the show notes. I think that this is a challenge everyone should participate, especially women. I mean, we get afraid to ask for the simplest things. Like I sometimes don't even ask my husband to help me do things. And I bet you're the same way. So I hope you love this episode. I hope you sign up for the challenge. So let's dive right in. Hi, Becky. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. How are you today? I am good. Thanks for having me. No problem. I am super excited. We have been like online friends, acquaintances for several years and we've worked together and I'm just so excited to talk to you today. I'm excited to see you again and to talk to you too. Yeah. So why don't you start by telling everyone who you are and what you do and how you help people? Yeah. Well, I am Becky Mollenkamp and I am a feminist life coach. I work with people, mostly women or people who identify as women for helping them with building confidence. And we do that by unpacking and unlearning our conditioning that says we have to show up in life a certain way and really reevaluating and redefining how we want to define success for ourselves, what we want our lives to look like in a way that feels good to us, not just the way we think it's supposed to be. So we let go of shoulds and step into what we really want. Yeah, that's a big deal for a lot of people, like feeling like this is what I'm supposed to be doing, or this is what I should be doing. And then like just taking a minute to ask yourself, what do you actually want is huge. And so many people need support with that. I need support with that. That's why I've been a part of your different programs. And we've done like different things together because I am someone who like has this idea of what people think of me. And I just have learned to let that go or am learning, I should say. It's a journey, isn't it? I mean, 
I've been doing doing that journey on my own for more than a decade and helping others now for a few years. And I mean, I still have my own moments of like, oh, what are they going to think of me when you said you're going to record video along with audio? I mean, I had that moment where I looked at the looked at my picture and thought, what are people going to think? <laughs> right. So like it doesn't it doesn't go away because it's so deeply conditioned from the moment we're born, really. Right. And then the older we get, the more the messages get intense about how we're supposed to show up. And it's not just about appearances, though, for women, that one's huge, but also about, you know, what we're allowed to do, ask for, how much help we give versus receive, you know, what we're allowed to charge for things, all of it. And being a mom makes it even more hard how we're supposed yeah. to show up as a mom, how we're supposed to find this elusive balance between work and life, right? There's just, it's a nonstop battle against the messaging. So of course it's a journey and you'll probably be on it forever. We all will. Yeah. I've noticed it in my kids, even when they started, like my son will be like, oh, this shirt looks like a girl shirt. They'll laugh at me. And I'm like, it's like cream colored. It's not a girl shirt. <laughs> why will they laugh cares. at you? Yeah, exactly. Like you wear your sister's swimsuits. So why does it matter? <laughs> it is ingrained in us so young and we don't even like realize where it comes from. Well, we don't realize how much of it we still have in ourselves that we then are unwittingly and probably if when we would recognize it, we'd feel really awful about it, how much we pass on, but it's not our fault because it was passed on to us and it has been generations of that stuff. And we only can start to change it as we do the work inside of ourselves to recognize it and to say, I want to make this end with me or at least start that process, right? So that maybe I won't be telling my children things like, oh, you you can't wear that because what will they think, right? We, It's funny when we become parents, it really helps us, I think sometimes on this journey too, because we start to notice those things and say, think like this sweet angel <laughs> that I love so much. I don't want them to worry about you know, expressing themselves in a way that because someone else might judge that. But how often do we do it to ourselves, right? And and that is what they're learning, not just from us. So it's not like I'm saying take all the blame, but that is part of what happens when we show up that way. And we don't even see it in ourselves, but we can see it in our children. And when we see it in them, we have nothing but compassion and empathy to think, oh, I don't want the world to do this to you. But then we don't ever think like, oh, the world did it to me. And how am I going to stop that for myself and start to be fully who I want to be? And it's a beautiful journey to be on and to start doing when you start to say like, oh, that felt good just because it felt good (laughs) because I wanted it. Wow. How nice is that? Yeah, that's so true. I can just think of so many examples that, you know, you see them pop up and you think, well, it's normal, but also it's heartbreaking of my daughter one day was like, I don't like my ears. And I'm like, where did that come from? (laughs) Like who thinks about their ears? I never have once thought about my ears. And so it was just like, it's surprising. You see yourself like responding to that as a mother, you know, even as a friend, like when your friend's talking bad about themselves, you're like, we don't say that to our friends. So why are we saying it to ourselves? This work you do is so important and so crucial. When clients come to you, what do they, is there sort of like a, a journey they're going through? I mean, I know it's all very individualized, but like, what's kind of like that process of, Well, the people I work with are usually really smart and really high achievers. So they have big goals and they always have, and they've typically been valued for their intelligence, right? 
sometimes also their beauty, but very often the thing that made them feel special was like, I'm the smart one. I do good in school. Um, People recognize that I succeed, I achieve things, and I get all of this positive feedback because of those things. So they've hinged a lot of their self-worth on achievement. Because the more I achieved, the more I heard, you're amazing, you're valuable, you're worthy. And so we begin to believe that those things are the same. How much I achieve is how much I'm worth. And that sets up this journey of hyper productivity, of a feeling of I have to constantly be setting bigger goals, and then working really hard to achieve them, because that's how I'm going to get all that feel good juice from other people telling me I'm worthy. And usually by the time they come to me, often in their like late 20s, early to mid 30s, maybe they've had kids or they're thinking about it and they've reached a point in their career and in their life where they're starting to say, this is exhausting. (laughs) I can't keep this chase up because it's really making me feel tired and feeling crappy about myself. I'm constantly second guessing myself. I'm constantly judging myself for not measuring up. I don't feel good about things. I don't feel good about showing up and working this hard. And yet, I don't know another way. And I'm not willing to give up the juice. I'm not willing to give up that positive reinforcement, that feeling of being worthy. So I just keep going in the hamster wheel and hating it because I don't feel like there's another way out. Because the only way out that I can think of is I just give up on my goals and that I'm not willing to do. So I guess I'm trapped. And that's usually kind of the place they're at when they come to me, because very often when they come to me, they're at like, there's a new thing. They're trying to earn their master's or their doctorate, or they're having a turning point because maybe they are having a kid or thinking about it, or they've just gotten divorced. And now suddenly there's a new income expectation. That's very challenging, or they're trying to, if they own their own business, start a new product line or launch a new product. And they're not sure if they want to do it because they know what it's going to mean, but they also want <laughs> to achieve. So it's usually those kinds of places where they're they're that smart high achiever who's feeling really exhausted by the chase, but also don't feel like there's another option. And very often they're at that point of thinking, there's this new thing and how am I going to possibly do this? Yeah, that's so incredible. I've said this on the podcast before. So I recently had this big health issue where I was in the hospital for 10 days and I was like in critical condition. And when I was healthy and like sitting in the hospital healing, I had this sudden realization that I had been working myself to the bone for years, just because I thought like, I need to do more. I need to make, I need to make more money. I need to have bigger clients. I need to charge more. I need to do the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And suddenly in the hospital, I realized, why am I doing that? It's not making me happier. It's not giving me more time with my kids. It's not doing anything for me it was really life-changing in that moment. And I, I am grateful that I, I went through that. I didn't, didn't necessarily want to be lying in critical condition, but like, once you realize that you are valuable and you are worthy without your achievement, without your straight A's, without your perfect attendance, I feel like there's just like, for me, this piece that has come to me where I'm not constantly anxious about trying to do the next thing. I'm sure it'll wear off a little bit as more time passes, but I hope to hang on to this feeling for as long as I can. Yeah. And I can see that that's like, I mean, I know also because I've worked with you, but that's, that's the transformation people are also getting when they come to work with you, having these feelings of like, how do I keep going at this pace when I realize I'm just not happy? It's nice when you sell a product where you can say like, you give me money and I give you this thing. It's an easier sell, I think, because people say, oh, I get it. I give you this money, I get this thing. It's hard when you sell a transformation and you sell Mm -hmm. confidence, but you also sell freedom. 
and peace and calm and lightness. And that's really what I'm selling. But it's hard because we live in a world that says everything has to have a financial value. So if you're not going to help me make another $100,000, then I don't get it. (laughs) And so it is a certain kind of person who finally understands it's worth it. I'm ready to invest in myself because I want to feel better. It's not because I need to make more money or I need to achieve this thing. Sometimes they come to me thinking that's what it is. They need to figure out Mm -hmm. how to achieve that next thing, but in a way that feels good. But almost always through our work, what they come to is if I achieve that thing, that's going to be wonderful. It's going to be icing on the cake. But what really mattered was getting the cake (laughs) tasty, right? Like getting my life feeling good about things now, learning how to love myself right now if nothing else changes. And that is the work that people don't always know that they want or need. But once they do it or have that moment, however you get to it, that is like, oh, that was what I needed this whole time. I kept thinking it was about the cherries on my Sunday. It was all about those you know, the sprinkles and the cherries. That's all the stuff. But I wasn't tending to the ice cream and it was melting. And guess what? Those toppings... Mm-hmm. Don't taste all that great on melted ice cream. And if you're not tending to you, the ice cream, then all that other stuff doesn't matter. That stuff's great, but we need to take care of ourselves. And that's the part they think very often we don't notice or think about because we just can't put a dollar amount to it, um, which is right. unfortunate, but that's that's the world we live in right now, right? And so yeah. part that's and that's why I do this work because we do live in the world that says it only matters if it co- if it earns you something financially or you know some achievement. And I really want to help people be able to step outside of that because that's where the freedom is. Did you go through that sort of transformation in your own personal life? And and that's part of the reason why you're so adamant and so passionate about helping other women. Yeah, I mean, I was in the same you know, my experience is different than yours, but I had that same awakening that happened for me. And I had been on in the hamster wheel of going through my career that I decided when I was like nine, that I was going to be a writer when I grew up. And by golly, once I had decided that, then I, and I got lots of positive feedback for it. So I was like, well, then that's what I have to do. And so I worked my way up the ranks and I was an editor at the largest magazine in the country at the time that I was there. And had the job that everyone said, wow, that's amazing. Your name's in this magazine. And like, look at these cool things you do. You get to travel and you get to do these photo shoots and you meet these people. And and I was miserable. And I also, you know, got married and had the nice house and we traveled and I had a BMW and all the, you know, wore the designer labels. And I had this life that looked not really good on paper, but it wasn't fulfilling. And I didn't know why, which is a really crappy place to be, to know that you don't feel happy and that you don't feel good and to not know why and everyone else telling you, you should feel good and happy. That's like really lonely. And what it took for me to snap out of that was the end of my marriage and also my brother dying of a heroin overdose. And those two things happened concurrently within the space of six months. My grandmother died, my last living grandparent, my grandmother, who I love very much. And three months later, my brother died of a heroin overdose. At that same time, I was going through the end of a marriage. And because of all of that, I fell into a depression, which then also meant I nearly lost my business because I had at that time moved into freelance writing and had to lose my house and, and the BMW and all of the stuff. I needed that humbling. <laughs> I needed that to say, to sort of snap me out of it because I was so bought into the story. I was so bought into external feedback and the promise that someday if I kept doing all these things, I was going to somehow magically get happy. I really bought into it and I had started to have like little cracks in it, but not enough for me to have the confidence to do anything about it. 
And it took my life being upended for me to say like, whoa, to have that same thing you did of this isn't working. (laughs) This is not okay. And then it was the slow process of rebuilding my life and rebuilding my heart and my mind to, you know, really reflect what I wanted life to look like. Yeah. Thank you for sharing like so vulnerably, like that means so much to me. I've heard you share your story before and it's so powerful. And so I'm just grateful that you felt open to sharing that. I'm also just so inspired by, by you and everything you've done. A lot of people at that moment, like they feel like giving up and they just want to quit or they want to do something like unthinkable, but taking the courage and like having the courage, I guess, to rebuild and to say like, I can do things differently and I can choose my own path. And I don't have to do these things that everyone thinks is really wonderful. Takes a lot of strength and a lot of courage and it's very inspiring and very motivational. That's why I love learning from you and just like being in your sphere. Well, thank you. I feel like I also want to quickly say though, that just for anybody who may be in that place of like my world is falling apart and I'm not taking action. It took me two years to get there. And however long it takes you in your own journey, that's also okay. I went on a self-destructive path for a solid two years (laughs) to run, avoid, hide from the reality of what was going on. So I don't want to like act like, oh, all that happened, then boom, I was like, yeah, I got this all figured out now. Definitely not. Like it was two years of slipping into a real depression, avoiding everything, doing a lot of self-destructive things before I finally had the like kind of that reaching your bottom of saying like, Mm-hmm. Now I have to make a change because this is not working. And then, and then even after that, it was another year of running, a lot of running because at that time for me, I remember those days before a kid when I had time to run and it was a lot of running because it was meditative for me and learning and feeling a lot of feeling. So it took time. And I just want to say that like to, I appreciate that. And it does take strength, but also it's okay if it takes you a long time. Yeah. Thank you for including that. I I agree. Like some people, it could sound like, like it's just an immediate turnaround, but it's definitely not. Also, do you remember when like, it didn't physically hurt to run? I miss those days. <laughs> like when my knees didn't ache when I tried to run. That was nice. The time, <laughs> yeah. the energy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I love my son. And, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I yes. miss that. Yes. Um, this is like a terrible transition, but we were talking about like being courage. And I know that gutsy is like your brand word. It's your brand phrase is the gutsy boss. And now just you've trademarked it. So tell us kind of like the heart around what, what that means for you. Yeah. It's funny. Um, I did it a couple of years ago because I had asked people, I took some challenge or something. I don't remember. Somebody challenged me to post on like Facebook and ask people what word they would use to describe me. And so many people said things like brave, um, because I've done things that to me don't seem all that brave, but I guess I've been brave, like moving across country and rebuilding my life and all of these starting businesses and all this stuff. And so I, I loved it. I love the idea of like being brave. And what I loved about gutsy was that it also included gut, because I think a big part of this is learning how to trust your gut, trust yourself, trust your intuition, your own knowing for yourself, because I think that actually is where the confidence comes from. When the more that we can do that, then the more we can confidently step into whatever decision we're making. So I really loved gutsy for that reason. And so I also tend to work with women who own businesses it's about 70, 30, 70% of my clients are own their own business. So, but I also like boss because 
doesn't matter if you own a business, you're also the boss of your life. Like I want people to feel that empowered sense of, I am a badass boss of my life, <laughs> right? Whether I work for someone else or not, I still make the decisions for me. So yeah, that's where it came from. And to me, being gutsy is about that. It's about learning how to know yourself, really know yourself, not the version of you that you put out for the world to see and that the you know, that version that you've built that's supposed to satisfy others, but the true you, who you are at your core, what matters to you, and then making choices for your life from that knowing. And that to me is what being gutsy is about. Yeah, I love it. That's so cool. And this ties into what we came to here to do today. Let's talk about the gutsy ask challenge. So will you tell us about that? Yes, I will, because I'm very excited about it. Uh, For anyone who's listening, you know, before February 14th, celebrate yourself this Valentine's Day. Give yourself some love by signing up for this email series that is all about helping you learn how to ask for what you want and need. Too often, women especially, and moms even more, don't do that. We don't ask for what we want and need. And we sometimes secretly hope people will figure it out. And then sometimes get a little resentful that they don't. But very often we think we have to do it all. This whole super mom thing is really hurtful to us because it's just not true. No one's meant to do it all. Most of humanity, we've had villages that have helped us. And we have decided now that that's just not the case. We have to do it all. We have to suffer in silence, all of these things. And I want to help people start to say, like, I'm allowed to ask for what I need and for what I want, not just what I need. That's the bare minimum is asking for what we need. I want to say, like, can we also ask for what we want? What would bring us joy? When I started this, so the first time I did it was in 2018, and I did a month long for just myself, a challenge where I challenged myself every day to ask for something. And when I did it, I was like, I'm going to ask for like free dessert when I go out to dinner. I'm going to ask ConvertKit if they'll give me a discount on my product. You know, like all these things is what I was thinking about. And it was fun. And I got a lot of stuff, not everything that I asked for, but a lot of things that were really cool. So I was like, I'm going to do this with my community because I had a community at the time. And my thought was everyone would do exactly what I did. They would just ask for stuff. (laughs) I was just starting to coach then. So I didn't yet know just how much women weren't asking for their needs to be met. (laughs) Forget about stuff. And what was really interesting to me was so many people who went through it, it was so transformative because they started to learn to ask for help, to ask for boundaries. Like I hadn't even thought of that. But just because I had sort of taken it for granted because I had been on that path for so long, I kind of forgot about those days of not asking for those things, right? And so I was really blown away by the feedback and the response from people who went through the through this challenge of the things they were asking for and how huge it was for them. The thing I heard over and over again is I'm learning to speak up. I'm learning to put myself first. I was like, wow. Like that is amazing. And I haven't done it since the pandemic and now I'm ready to bring it back. And I'm very excited to see what happens this round. Yeah. I'm really excited. I participated one year. I don't know which one you've done it a couple of times. And I was in your Facebook community and it's, it's funny because the things that you remind us to ask for that you did were there, they do seem like small things like ask for anything. You know, here's a great example. I went out to dinner with my sister this weekend and she's like, can I get the other butter? And can I get another straw? And can I have like a to-go cup? And I'm like hiding. I'm like, stop asking him for things. But then my sister's like, that's his job. (laughs) Make my meal what I want. 
we've been so conditioned and taught not to ask. And some of us more than others on just what we're allowed to ask mm-hmm. for. And Erin, you did participate in the first time I did it because I tapped a screenshot oh. of one of your <laughs> feedback. And if you don't mind, I'll share it. Oh, good. I'd love, to, I'd love to hear yeah, it. Yeah, you said, I feel like this challenge has already made me bolder. I had a coffee chat with someone who has a similar service and I didn't know what to expect. So I straight up asked them, what are you hoping to get out of this call? And then I asked my new mentor for help with a sticky client situation, even though I felt like I feel like a burden for asking for help. Yours is one of the, like, because I was just so much amazing experiences people had that I was screen grabbing all of them so I could remember them to share without people's names. But since you're here, I hope it's okay. But that's (laughs) just it. It wasn't about asking for stuff. You were asking just about expectations. You were asking for help. Those things are huge. And we all, so often, and you said, I feel like a burden. And so many people have that feeling of like, I'm going to be a burden if I ask for this, or I'm going to be annoying, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to be, I'm going to come off as being selfish or greedy. And none of that has to be true. And so in, in this series, you get, it's a five day email series. It's free. And each day I share some tips. The first day is around getting clear about what you want to ask for, because so many of us don't even know. We haven't asked for so long. We don't even know what to even ask for, right? And then we talk about some of the fears, those feelings of being a burden and things like that in the second day. The third day, I actually help you start, start thinking about how do I ask? For some people, they're afraid to ask. Other people, that and or, they don't know how to ask. They just don't know how to make good asks. So there's tips on how to actually ask, write the script. Day four, there's some things around how to show up confidently when you ask. And then day five, we talk about sort of moving forward. How do you continue to stay in it now that you've committed to starting to make asks? So it's five days and it's free. It's all by email, although there's also audio and video versions for people who prefer that kind of learning. So I would really love for people to sign up and check it out. Yeah, we'll have the link in the show notes, but do you want to tell them how to sign up just for people who are wanting yeah, that? Yeah, there's way? two ways, either beckymollencamp.com slash ask, A-S-K, but I know my name's not always easy. So also bit.ly bit slash gutsy ask. Perfect. We'll have the link in the show notes. I'm excited to participate in this round. As you were like reading my thing, I'm thinking, I still have that issue. People, when I was in the hospital, they were like can I bring you a meal? Can I do this for you? People donated. And I was like, I felt like such a burden, such a burden. I'm trying to work through like letting go of guilt. It's it's not easy. Like I, I'm definitely proud of those things I asked for back in 2018 when we did it the first round. And I'm excited to do it again with you this round. Yeah. And it's not just about asking. It's about receiving, right? Receiving is part of asking. So before you can even begin to ask, even just learning how to receive what's already being given to you. Some of that is about noticing what's being given to you already. Very often we don't even notice that. But yeah, so asking and receiving go hand in hand. And we have to learn how to be comfortable with both of those. It's And it's not easy. And I'm not going to pretend that in five days you're going to suddenly feel completely different about it. But I think it will open your eyes to the ways in which you are maybe not doing that already and what is possible. And that to me is the beginning of transformation. I think so too. I'm excited. I'm excited to do the challenge again. And I'm excited for this episode. This has been incredible. If people want to work with you, how do you work with clients right now? Well, I work with clients one-on-one in a 10-week program. We meet every week and we dig in really deep on your stuff. I also am about to launch, which is what's coming at the end of this challenge, is I'm launching a new group program. It's going to be 12 weeks every week, and we're going to do like all of the unpacking and stuff together. So the first part is about unpacking patriarchal conditioning around issues of money, 
productivity, and confidence. The three things that most often bring people to me or that they're struggling with when they work with me. Their quote unquote money mindset. We talk a lot about that and why I don't necessarily love that term, but their relationship with money, their this need to be hyper productive in the world that tells them they have to be, and this lack of confidence or imposter syndrome. So we're going to work through all of those things throughout the program, starting with unlearning all of the stuff that's been given to us about those. And then there's going to be a lot of work about redefining what we actually want and developing tools for feeling more compassionate towards ourselves, and then building our confidence. And so it'll be a group program that's starting on March 1st, right after this program, after the challenge. So those are really the two ways that people can work with me. That sounds awesome. We will have a link to your website so that they can, anyone listening, when if you want to work with Becky, I highly recommend it. I was just actually remembering that you helped me launch the podcast in the first place. We worked, we did like some accountability coaching around the podcast. So this is really fun to have you on the show now. I do accountability coaching to promote. Usually it's with clients I've worked with in some capacity, but if people are interested in that, they can always reach out. What I have found is that most people, probably because I don't do a lot of like work with me and you'll 10X your income stuff. Usually people sort of lurk on my list for a while or in my world before they actually sign up to work with me in some capacity. So if you're thinking about that and like, I'm not ready to work with you, it's okay. I'm no, no pressure. I know that's fine. Come, no, not at come all. lurk in my world. I have a podcast you can listen to. It's the Gutsy Boss. I have a community on Slack. If you like Slack, you can come join us in the free Slack community. And if you join my email list, you'll find out about that. Or you can just come get on my email list and and read what I share, which is equal parts like tips, vulnerable stories, and telling you about things I have coming up. So any of those things are fine and don't feel any pressure to do anything you're not ready for. I agree. I don't feel any pressure. I was just going to say from my experience, I have worked with you. I've been in a couple of different group programs with you. We've did the one-on-one coaching, I think for a little while. I'm just always ready to like be in your (laughs) clubs and communities because they're very welcoming, very, um, supportive, non-judgmental. That's a big thing. Like where you, it's a safe space where as someone who often feels like a burden, I don't feel like a burden or haven't felt like a burden showing up. This is just my personal recommendation as someone who has loved working with you that if you're listening and you're thinking about it, or you want to lurk on Becky's list, I don't think you'll be disappointed. And my goal is definitely always to have spaces that are judgment-free. So for sure. And I miss you, Erin. So come back into my <laughs> sphere too. I would love to see you I in our, if you use Slack, come back to the Slack community and I do. Join yeah. us, so <laughs> I'll have to come back. Well, Becky, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I'm so excited for the gutsy ask challenge. We're definitely going to have those links. We'll get people signed up. So I know you're on your website. Are, are you active on social media? Um, Instagram. I mean, how active depends. Yeah, I'm pretty active on Instagram <laughs> and I'm on TikTok. I, I actually really enjoy watching stuff there. I post occasionally. So, um, but yeah, Instagram is probably the best place to find me on social media. So it's just Becky Mollenkamp on Instagram. And as always, we will include those links in the show notes to get, get you connected with Becky. Yeah, shoot me a DM and let me know you heard me here. And I would love to say hi and follow you back. No pressure again. Just, I'd love to know like how you found me. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much, Becky. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Product Powerhouse podcast. It means so much to me that you take the time out of your day to listen to this podcast. It's my favorite thing to create. And I am so grateful that you've taken the time to listen. 
If you enjoyed this podcast or you have listened to other episodes and enjoyed those, it would mean the world to me if you could take a minute out of your day to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps me get the show out to more people just like you who are out there trying to grow their own product-based business.